0: Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Almighty God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight and be fruitful for our faith. And I pray this in Jesus' most holy name. Amen. So, indeed, we've got some amazing scriptures to grapple with today. So let's just get right to work. I mean, Peter, what an enthusiast, walking out on the water. We're going to hear some more about that in a minute, but I want to zero in on this 10th chapter of Romans that we've heard from today. Amazing stuff. The context of this passage is Paul is wrestling with why his fellow Jewish brothers and sisters have not believed, um, why they have not received Christ so he's wondering where do people get faith where does that happen where does that connection where does that contact happen and so he's talking about that and um, he says you know what to get faith to have faith you know to receive faith you don't have to go up to heaven and pull Christ down. You don't have to go down to the abyss to pull Christ up. He's already died. He's been raised. Where do you encounter? Where does that encounter happen? And Paul says something amazing. He says, it's near. It's in your heart and on your lips. And he quotes Deuteronomy 30, where we hear that. The law for Moses is on your lips. God's word is on your lips and in your heart. And now Paul says that if we believe in Christ, the law has been put to an end when it comes to connecting us to him, that achieving that, um, conquering that. Um, now a simple belief and trust clinging to the promise of Christ, that's what Um, connects us. And as we confess that faith, as it's in our heart, we confess, then we have the promise of salvation. Um, So that's where it happens. It's interesting. It's right in front of us. It's right available to us all the time. We don't have to make it really complicated with the whole system of philosophy or all these rules and regulations or, um, uh, you know, secret knowledge, incantation, all the things that human beings do to try and um, come up with faith, to try and create that connection with God. It's a simple gift. Um, It's right. It's near us. It's right there. And, you know, in our worship today, we have the Apostles' Creed. And for us as Lutheran Christians, That's our altar call. That's our time to, we've heard the word and now we get to believe. So you get a chance, you get a chance um, to respond that way and to confess your faith. And what you're doing now is you're hearing the word proclaimed. So that's the where, where does it happen? Well, it's right here. It's right that near, that right in front of us. But then we got to think about how does it happen? And Paul is very clear there. It happens through the preached word, a word that comes into our ears, a message um, that we receive, that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. So we need a preacher. We need someone to tell us the good news. And that isn't just me or Pastor Paul or Jonathan. Uh, That's all of you. We all how beautiful are the feet of those who get to preach and tell the good news, tell the story, tell the gospel. Um, That's how that connection, that faith happens, how it wells up in the heart is through our hearing. So that's why it's incredibly important to think about it this way. Um, Luther, when he talks about The third commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Um, How do you keep the Sabbath day holy? It's not just by observing it. The way you are made holy, the way you make something holy is you hear the word. And that's what Sunday um, and every day for us is about, is we hear the word. So Luther will say in the small catechism, what does it mean to keep the Sabbath day holy? It's gladly hear the word, not neglect it. Oh, it just grieves my heart because so many times people will say to me, you know, Pastor Bill, I know I haven't been in worship or I haven't been tuning in online or I haven't been doing this or, you know, back before COVID, you know, um, yeah, I haven't been to church for a while. I know I should do that. And and, and that is, you know, that may be true, but the reason that we are concerned when you're not in worship and publicly hearing scripture and hearing it proclaimed is that's the way God nurtures faith. That's the way we keep our faith muscles going as we hear the word. And sometimes it may not seem like it's doing anything, but it is. It's it's bringing and creating faith. It's bringing that connection. And yes, there's nothing the old tempter wants more than to sever you from the preached word. Um, and so he'll try and get pastors to preach about other stuff that they maybe shouldn't be preaching about or or. You know, just give you a bunch of rules and regulations every Sunday, um, and and he'll that adversary will try and keep you away because he knows that when you hear the gospel, your faith comes. It's a gift, and and it wells up in your heart, and you confess it with your lips, um, and it happens. It's all a gift, but you got to you need to hear it. It's got to come into our ears. That's how it happens. Now. This has been a kind of nice little conversation on the Apostle Paul in the 10th chapter of Romans. But, I mean, what does it look like? I mean, let's get it from here to here today. And so let's look at Peter's encounter with Jesus in light of what we've just heard from Romans 10. But before we do that, if we think about hearing the word... Christ preach. Well, what is that preaching? What is that gospel? And, and let me try and sum it up for you really quickly. You, you, you start in the Old Testament, and you go through. It, you can really sum up that message by God making a promise, and then that promise gets threatened, endangered. Sometimes God seems to even endanger it. Sometimes it's endangered because of human unfaithfulness, but, but there's trouble. And then God comes back and reposts the promise. He he re-utters it, he makes it, he brings it back. Um, So think about some stories, like the one from the Old Testament reading today. Um, Joseph, you know, one of the 12... He's thrown down into a pit, sold off to Egypt. It looks like all is lost. And and you'll see all these ups and downs of the Joseph story and God coming back in and repeating the promise. And finally, that story ends with with all the brothers coming back and reconciliation and, and God saving the people from the famine in the land. Of course, later on they'll be enslaved. It looks like the promises shot again, but God delivers them, um, and and then when they're in exile, it just goes on and on that way. Now, why it is that's a, that's the subject for another day. And truthfully, I'm not sure we can ever figure that out. That's just the way God works. God promises. It seems hidden. It seems like it's covered up. Think about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus comes in God in the flesh. There's the promise, and then. It, On the cross, it seems to be put to death, and God raises Jesus up from the dead um, and so reposts the promise. That's the way God's word works, and we need that reposting all the time. And so let's look at that when it comes to the story of Peter. So Jesus comes walking on the water. He's done miracles. He's just fed thousands of people, and they go out in a boat And Jesus comes walking on the water and they are freaked out. They're so afraid, of course, because they think it's a ghost. And then Jesus says those beautiful words, fear not, fear not. It is I. There's the promise right there, isn't it? And boy, do we need that promise today, don't we? I mean, when you think about all the stuff going on in our world all the brokenness, all the struggle, um, the pandemic, the worries, the concerns, the grieving, the losses. Um, when you think about all there is to fear today, even more so than all the usual times, think about Jesus stepping in, coming across the chaos of the water and walking on top of that chaos and saying, fear not, it is I. So there's the promise. Well, Peter, he's an enthusiast. You know, he's like, okay, you know, I can really go to town now. So, hey, Jesus, call me out on the water. And Jesus says, okay, come. And Peter goes out. And, of course, the wind and the waves are crashing. Not as peaceful and serene as this scene um, but it's crashing and it's um, it's crazy and he's and he starts to sink. He's going down and he cries out, "Help me, Lord!" There's the promise threatened right there, and Jesus, of course, grabs hold. Now, typically, the way we work with this story, and I'm not saying it's not appropriate and and. A, and a helpful way to think about it is that Peter's faith, he had faith at first because we want to make the scripture about us, don't we, and our faith. Um, So, you know, Peter had this great faith when he walked out of the boat, Jesus had come, but of course he started to look around at the wind and the waves and because he doubted, he started to sink and then Jesus pulls him out. And of course we think that because what does Jesus say after he pulls him out? He says, why did you doubt, Peter? But we of course assume That what he doubted was that he could walk on the water. Maybe Jesus was saying, why did you doubt that I'd catch you? Why did you doubt that I would reach and and my reach would get to you in your trouble? Whoa, now that's pretty cool. So look at that. You've got the promise. You've got it threatened. And then you've got it reposted and re-given. And, and that's what a beautiful thing. So that Jesus comes and takes hold of Peter and says, listen, I am going to rescue you. Uh, you call, no one who calls upon the name is going to be abandoned. You know, like Paul says, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, Peter called and Jesus was there. And I just want you all to know. I want us to know collectively, not just as individuals, but collectively. I want us to know that as we cry out for mercy, as we cry out for help, our Lord hears that he's with us always to the end of the age, and he's with us right now. Um, when we are in the midst of our sin and our hurt and our brokenness, um, the things we've left done, left undone and the things we've done, and we cry out for forgiveness, our Lord takes hold. He reaches out through his word. He's doing it right now, and he says, your sins are forgiven. When we're afraid of death, um, when we encounter death and we just... I was just at the bedside of a dear brother in Christ of Silverdale Lutheran who went to be with the Lord, and we could go into death. We can go into that moment with the promise, fear not. Christ is here, and Christ has defeated death. Um, So that's what we need to hear, and we need to hear it over and over and over. It's like long-term biblical therapy, like water on rock. That's the way faith works. It comes into our ears. We believe it with our heart. We confess it with our faith, and that's how faith works. That's what happened to Peter, and that's what's happening to us today. Oh, thanks be to God for his reach into our lives. But you know, sometimes... That word that comes into our ears, it needs that grip needs to come in a physical way, and and that and God uses us to do that. It was so exciting um, just this week. Um, recently, some folks gave some special offerings to the church. You know, it was some some money that had come to them and they, they, they didn't need it. And so they gave it to the church and said, give this to some people that need it. And, and so we gave it to some of the members of SLC who were in need. And so we sent out some checks and um, a member of ours um, was just in despair because they needed um, a, a procedure. They, and, it, and it was important and dire, and they didn't have the money. They didn't have the $300 that they needed. And as they were sitting there in that despair, they opened up an envelope from church, and there's $300. You know, that's God. when we cry out for help, God works. And as you hear that today, and you know that in your heart, I want you to be used by God to be God's reach for someone else. Can you think about how you'd do that this week? Can you think how you'd do that in the weeks to come? Um, I'm seeing it happen all over the place um, through SLC and other churches and other communities and other people. And so let's keep make, letting God use us to be his reach. But ultimately, just take a deep breath because when Jesus pulled Peter back into the boat, guess what happened? The wind ceased, and it was peace. And so I want you to know Jesus has pulled you into the boat today in his word. He loves you. He's He's got you in his grip. He won't ever let you go. His reach knows no end, and he will always put his hand out and grab hold of each of us and all of us. Thanks be to God. Amen.